Hey guys, you are listening to the Metal Nerd Podcast. I am your host, Joe Arnold, and today my guest is Mark Batung from Cerebellion. What's, What's up, Mark? Hey, how's it going? It's going good. It's going good. And we today are going to talk about Chaos AD by Sepultura. 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 Oh. <laughs> From Brazil, yes. Brazil. Definitely excited about this one. Um, before we start, I wanted to first off say thank you to all the healthcare workers out there in the midst of this COVID pandemic, getting in there and on the front lines with, you know, walking into danger and dealing with this stuff. So thank you. And uh, I'm going to get into the album fun facts for Chaos AD. So, um, KSAD is the fifth studio album by Brazilian heavy metal band Sepultura, released on October 19th, 90, 1993 on Roadrunner Records. And uh, although the album is considered thrash metal, it saw a stylistic departure from the band's earlier style by incorporating a new groove metal sound. Ooh, groove metal. <laughs> Grooving. Yeah, yeah, definitely grooving. I wonder, I was kind of wondering when like groove metal officially started. What's your guess? Like, and who, who, who do you think started it and when? Ooh, I, I don't know. I'm terrible. I'd be terrible, a terrible person to ask for this, but, <laughs> um, I, my first inclination was maybe even faith no more. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. That's a good one. That's a good one. You know, that, that just popped in my head right away. But again, like I said, I'm not as versed in as many earlier bands, so I couldn't say for sure. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, uh, I've dug into a little more of the whole alternative metal uh, label, you know, and it started around that same time, like late 80s, early 90s. And, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah Faith No More and a lot, lot of whole lot of you know primus and helmet and all kinds of weird stuff um i don't know i don't know the answer to that question but my guess is pantera like on either i'm gonna guess on uh cowboys in in 90 yeah i can see that some some heavy grooves in there yeah anyway just kind of an interesting thing but (laughs) uh all right, and the length of the album is 47 minutes, um, and the producer was Andy Wallace. And uh, real quickly, before I go into more of the personnel on the album, I wanted to look at, talk about Andy Wallace's uh, sort of discography. And So he worked early, like in the 80s, he started working, he worked on uh, actually Rain and Blood. He um, engineered and mixed, and then <laughs> South of Heaven... Uh, New Model Army uh, in the late in 89, Seasons of the Abyss, he uh, produced and mixed. And then we get into Sepultura. He did Arise, or he, I'm sorry, he mixed Arise. He did Never, he mixed Nevermind by Nirvana. <clears throat> so that's a huge, obviously, huge uh, game changer there. The Rollins yeah. Band, the Rollins Band, uh, White Zombie, Lost Sexorcisto, he produced, engineered, and mixed uh helmet meantime we we're just talking about them 1992 he mixed that rage against the machine the first album mixed that 
uh, it goes on and on, but let me just throw out a couple more. As, as we get like more modern, he did, um, oh, here I see Limp Bizkit, uh, Soulfly, let's see. Seven Dust, Disturbed, Mudvayne, actually LD50, he mixed that. So you and I love that record. Yeah, there's a bunch of prolific records in there that he's done. Yeah. Linkin Park, Hybrid Theater, I mean, hi Hybrid Theory, um, System of a Down, Toxicity, Mix That, Slipknot, Iowa, Avenged Sevenfold. Um, he's he's done a lot of their work, even up till recently. The he I think he mixed the stage, yeah, which is their most recent album. So there you go. Wow, crazy! I had no idea. Yeah, but ten of awesome albums I love. Right, that's it's wild. And I, I mean, I skipped over several, obviously, but um. Anyway, that's who this this guy's, and uh, it's kind of interesting because he. I'm trying to. I could go back, but he he worked on. Um, Arise before this, he mixed it. Okay, but this one he produced. Um, and so, for people who don't know the difference, like production, you're involved with the whole process, whereas a mix, um, you're basically the band has already tracked, or as you got as as, as laymen might call it, um, recording. We <laughs> we in the biz. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> call it um tracking but that's just you know you're tracking each uh instrument and vocals and whatnot but so it's like you've tracked the whole album and then after everything's recorded and and you feel like complete in terms of the performances the musical performances then um you mix it and so that and that involves a lot of different things that i won't get into processing wise and whatnot and volume and all that but so anyway that's what the mixer does so a lot of times the mixer may not have been there at all for the earlier part of the the um the whole uh recording process so anyway let's see what else we got on personnel really quick and then i'll then i actually have questions for you mark yeah. <laughs> that's fine we'll, we'll chat about whatever we can talk about the album or the uh the backgrounds <laughs> yeah i always find it interesting of course no, um, what's that man I said it definitely is it's stuff I've never really dug into, you know, so it's, it's, it's interesting to hear. Yeah. It's the stuff I, I really nerd out on. It's fun. And, and I haven't, I, I did, I had to do quite a bit of more digging for sure on this record. Cause there was a lot of stuff. I mean, there are certain things I, I did know, but there was a lot I didn't. So it was kind of fun to look at all that. But so, I mean, obviously the band, you got Max, Igor, Paulo Jr., the bass player, uh, Andres, on Andreas, Andreas, maybe kisser. Yeah. And, uh, let's see. Andy Wallace produced and mixed. Um, there were a couple engineers, Simon Dawson, Dave Summers and Steve remote. Okay. And then mastering a guy named George Marino. So anyway, I don't know any of those people, but I know Andy Wallace. <laughs> Oh, and um, this is interesting. It was recorded at um, Rockfield Studios in South Wales in the UK. <clears throat> yeah. And then um, Kiowa's was recorded at Chepstow Castle. I just read about that in Wales. And then uh, it was mixed at the Wool Hall Recording Studios in Bath, England. A trippy, huh? Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I guess um, 
for one thing, I read um, they had moved to Phoenix um, before, I guess, when they were actually writing this album. And so they did a lot of work there. And then once they hooked up with Andy Wallace, they, they went over to Wales to record. So that must have been fun. That, that's that's the thing that kind of, you know, some of these stories with a, a lot of this stuff, it's like it exists only when there's money, you know, with some of these bigger labels and things like that. That's That must have been really fun. Like, Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, um, even some modern bands I know, like um, I was just digging into Periphery a little bit and they they like went to England just to record the drums. You know what I mean? Like they did uh, the album in D.C. and stuff. But then, well, this is one. Of, there's a couple albums back. But, uh, you know, that's dedication. You're like, man, this room in the U.K. is so legit that we're literally going to fly across the pond just to record the drums. Anyway. Yeah, I did that the perfect drum sound. Yeah, man. Yeah. Sick. I love it. That's dedication. <laughs> but um critical reception, let's see. Uh All Music declared it one of the best heavy metal albums of all time, calling it a remarkable achievement, not only in its concentrated power and originality, but also in the degree to which Sepultura eclipsed their idols in offering a vision of heavy metal's future. Interesting. So United States it went gold. Mm. Wow, in two thousand. No kidding. So gold is five hundred thousand albums sold. So in the year two thousand, this album that came out in 1993 uh went gold. So that's interesting. That's that's big, man. That's big for a metal band. Yeah, it took them seven years what a, a pop artist does in a week, but who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally. But that's that's, but, uh, that's crazy. Better to get there than to never get there, right? Yeah, to- exactly. And so, so different countries have different standards in terms of their gold and silver. So I won't get into the numbers sold, but um, it went gold in the United Kingdom, Netherlands, Australia, Indonesia, uh, Brazil, and Belgium, and then it was silver in France. So pretty awesome. Yeah. Let's see chart chart wise. Uh, U.S. Billboard it went as high as 32, and the U- U.S. Billboard 200. So, <clears throat> U.K. went 11. A uh, lot of 11s in there. 15, 16. I see. 19, 21. So fantastic. That's really high, especially for a, a band that heavy. Yeah, exactly. Probably in an era dominated by grunge. Probably. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 93. Exactly. That was the height. The height of grunge. Um, would you consider th- them a uh, extreme metal band? We had this conversation on the on the, the Machine Head episode. Uh, extreme? Yeah. Yeah, I think they got less extreme over time. Probably, I would say maybe maybe some of the first albums where they had more of a death metal vibe. But I think once they kind of got to chaos, you know, it's more. I don't know, kind of this emerging mainstream groove sound for metal. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, I, know, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't label them extreme like some of the other bands that are out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Overall, I would say like if you hear if you're just saying the band Sepultura, I would guess I would say that yes, but but you're right. You're I think it their sound evolved and so. Um. All right. So he. Here we go. So what was your 
gateway drug to Sepultura? Like, meaning what bands were you listening to? Or was there an event or something that led up to discovering them? Yeah, I freaking, I really had to rack my brain for this one. My, my memory's poop. So <laughs> I was like, what the hell did I, what did get me to these guys? But uh, it's pretty, came, they came pretty close after I started listening to metal in general, which was when the Black Game album came out, was kind of my, my awakening into the metal oh. world, as with probably most people who are my age. Um, right, right. But uh, but yeah, as soon as I, my brother brought that album, I heard it, and so I freaking fell in love with Metallica. And from that point forward, it's kind of like a a dive into the deep end of what else is there? Like, what else have we, what other kind of heavy bands can I find? And, and how heavy does it get? <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally. You know, so, so I, I went back and I had to do some research of like what albums came out just before then. And I knew what albums I would have. Like, oh, shit, okay, that's why. But uh, I'd say mainly, I'd say probably the biggest influencer going into Sepultura would have been Pantera. Okay. So, obviously, Vulgar Display of Power came out a year before that um, in 92. Right. So, so, as soon as I heard Vulgar, that was an instant, you know, an instant buy-on for me. I was like, freaking, who the hell is this band? Because that was the first time I had heard Pantera. Um, so, I was loving that immediately from same me year. Too. Me too. So, uh, Countdown to Extinction came out, which was probably right. like my favorite album of all time up to that point. Um, I was a huge Megadeth fan once that album came out. I loved every song on that album. Yeah, uh, me too. I think it was the first band t-shirt I ever had was a uh, Megadeth Content, Ext- Content Extinction t-shirt. Oh, wow. I was in my, my full metal mode at that point. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. But uh, but yeah, I mean, bands like that um, all, all kind of led me to finding you know what else is out there. And I think when I originally discovered Subaltera, I didn't have many metal people around me growing up. So I was kind of always discovering this stuff through maybe one friend who liked metal too. Right. And so, uh, and also just MTV was like a big way for me to find stuff. So we had Headbangers Ball and stuff like that back then, you know. And so I think yeah. I, I remember watching Headbangers Ball or something or just regular MTV and, and uh, Territory came on, the video for Territory. And I was like, yeah. what the hell is that? And it just grabbed my attention instantly. I'm like, oh, I like this. this big old giant drum intro. It was it was immediate for me. Totally, totally. Um, yeah, I I get the sense. I I could be wrong, but I get the sense that you know you mentioned Pantera and '92 when Vulgar Display came out. That was just such a big album, and um. And it was so heavy, you know, like obviously Metallica had put out the Black Album, but it, it felt like the Black Album felt more of like a commercial record for some reason. Yeah. And me coming into that, I didn't know that, you know, I see that looking back at the other albums now and, and knowing their discography much better. But just right. as a first time listener, you're like, kind of like, whoa, what's this? It's like, this is like super like rad music and super like rocking and heavy. And but it will. Because earlier, like I, was, I, I had kind of listened to like uh, back then, there was pirate radio and there was you know K and A C, and I was more of a pirate radio person, which is more like probably eighties rock up yeah. until I got to the Black Album, and then all of a sudden, because I listened to K and A C, and I'm like, oh man, that's like that's some really heavy stuff. I don't know if I could ever listen to that, but as soon as I that that happy medium was, I think the Metallica Black Album between yeah. that, 
the rock in the middle and that kind of like gateway me to all this other stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've never really thought exactly about when I made that transition because I did the same thing, you know, from pirate mm-hmm. radio, more the kind of glammy, you know, you know, Guns N' Roses, E Bon Jovi kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, to like the heavier stuff. Uh, but yeah, that's and that's probably you know you're probably right, and that's we. I say we because I, I always think in terms of John and I. <laughs> we were practically like attached at the hip in those days, more or less. but um. Yeah. But um, yeah, we, we kind of like had that same trajectory and it was the same album, same bands, you know, that I remember Megadeth, you know, blown up on KNC and all that kind of stuff with Countdown. Yeah. But yeah. Same thing. Like I didn't, I also discovered Pantera on Vulgar, you know, and then, and then this and this. And oh, I, I wanted to mention, ironically, they both toured together on this album. Uh, um, I think in 93 or four, they toured, um, you know, Sepultura and Pantera toured together. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, yeah. And and famously, they played uh, Irvine Meadows in Orange County um, on the on that tour. So, oh, wow. I think actually I looked it up. It, it said it was like July of '94, and the same day was the final of the um, the World Cup for soccer, <laughs> and Brazil was in it. So they were actually at the game in Pasadena. And then they like drove down and played that night in Irvine. Uh, that's crazy. <laughs> that's amazing. I love that story. That's great. But yeah, if you're from Brazil, you gotta you gotta be a big soccer fan, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, soccer's life. For sure, for sure. All right, that was good, man. Yeah, I, that's really interesting. Our, our in, at that point, I feel like our paths were were pretty similar. Um, I remember from years back you were into uh was it sacred reich uh yeah yeah i had i think that's after this uh obviously this whole album and everything but yeah i had seen them live with my buddy probably yeah what would have been like 90 95 maybe okay and so i came a big fan after that we saw them at the showcase theater playing with some local bands i went to go see and i'm like who is this band sacred reich like i had no idea who they were at the time, even though they were like, you know, big because they had been in uh, the music video of uh, Encino Man, the movie. Oh, okay. The moment when he's like, turn on the TV and the music video came on, it was Sacred Reich. Oh, I didn't <laughs> even know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little, it's funny. Go back and watch that movie and he turns it on. He's like, the middle video of Sacred Reich comes on. And he's like, what the, like, you know, trying to figure it out as the caveman just being awoken. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was like, so they've been around forever. I had no idea, but yeah, they're they're awesome. Yeah, I got into them for a while. That's awesome, man. Um, and like, did you get, um, like, what were some of the heavier bands? You said you mentioned that you got like into the heavier stuff as you know you went from Black Album into Sepultura and different bands. Like, how heavy did you go, and like how fast? I'm wondering. <laughs> Hey guys, this is Joe cutting in real quick. I just wanted to um, ask you guys if you could share the show if you're digging it. Uh, right now, that's the best way to help out the show. Um, so, you know, send a text to a friend or or uh, uh, share it through social media. However, you, uh, you usually do that. We'd really appreciate it. And uh, we're also on Instagram at the Metal Nerd Podcast. 
Uh, and so you can go on there and comment and uh, give us some feedback. So we'd love to hear from you. And thank you guys again. And now back to the show. Was that <laughs> was it like no, that? Was that I mean, thing? Yeah, I, I didn't go real heavy. I mean, I kind of stayed in the vein. I think this was, I think I found my niche with Sepultura, like okay. that style. Um, yeah. And I kind of just flowed with bands that were like similar to some extent, you know, in either right. direction. So, like, from there, same thing. I looked, I had to go look at what albums came out the year after that. And uh, the big ones I got into were uh, Sound of White Noise, probably one of my all-time favorite albums from Anthrax. Yeah. So that's an awesome album. Uh, uh, I picked up War of the Words from Fight. Oh, hell yeah, me too. Yeah, so those are all ones I bought, like, right afterwards. Uh, Tool came out right then, the Undertale album. Yeah. So I was having the Tool. So, I mean, they kind of vary, like, so they went, you know, all around, but uh, I'd say they, most of it stayed in kind of that vein of that groovy metal, you know, the vocals would, would vary, but I think everything always had a groove to it. I think I was very attracted to, to that side of it, and I still am. I, I, I hadn't listened to probably Chaos ID in, like, 10 years until uh, today, <laughs> <laughs> and going back to it. Because yeah. I know I love it. I just haven't listened to it. There's just so much music I have and so much music out there. I don't get to things all, as often. Yeah. So I played it all the way through and just like, I just basically eargasmed all over again. You know, just it's such a rad album and just every riff in there is just so rad. There's so many heavy, cool parts. It just made me so happy to listen to it again. <laughs> dude, dude, so rad. Like, like you said, the groove is like, it, it, it's timeless, man. It's like, I'm so impressed how like it still just gets me, you know what I mean? With all, like you said, all the in, insanely great music that's out, you know, between then and now and, and to like, to put that on, you know, a record from 93 and still find that, I mean, their fucking groove and their, the riffs. I mean, it still just pops, man. It, it almost has like a special place in the whole like, um, pantheon of music of heavy music. You know, it's crazy. Oh yeah, for sure. It's yeah, it's crazy. Just like you said, not listening to it for so long, and then immediately just like goosebumps and remembering all the parts that are coming up, and like I'm just sitting here drumming on my desk as I'm playing stuff, and my wife and kid are coming and looking at me like I'm crazy because I'm just going crazy from listening to songs. <laughs> oh, dude, I was doing the same thing, exact same thing, and my wife and dog were looking at me the same way. <laughs> I was wondering why we're enjoying this so much, but just it's, it's awesome. It just gets into you. It's crazy. It, yeah, it really is, man. It's insane. That's awesome. Um, uh, another one I've been talking about coming, or oh yeah, some more, just some more albums that are coming out of that. Sorry, I had an, an extended list. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, go for uh, it. So moving past that, those albums like Sentinel Noise are all '93, but then '94, moving beyond that, was like Far Beyond Driven came out '94. That that was the only album I've ever bought in my life. That the second. The day, the second, the minute it was available, I was like waiting outside the the warehouse music store to purchase it. I've never done that with anything else in my life. But that's crazy. There at that time. <laughs> that's fucking awesome. Where where was the that warehouse in Long Beach? Uh, it was right by my my parents' house in Long Beach. That's crazy. But uh, yeah, I just I could I had my sister actually I had my sister um, she was in high school at that time. Uh, Take me to school later so I could go first thing in the morning, miss part of school to go get that album. That's fucking rad, dude. 
Yeah, it's the only time I've ever done that. <laughs> I was so excited. So that, that one's right. So moving on to there. And then shortly after, I kind of got into Machine Head, Burn My Eyes came out that same year, 94. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I was big into Prom. I love Prom. That, the cleansing album was awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was stoked because it came with like a bootleg VHS of them playing a live show. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. It was like the first like backstage like video, like live video I've ever seen. But this was obviously, oh. you know, before uh, DVD or anything. So it was on VHS. And I just sit in my room and watch it. Like, this is so awesome. <laughs> yeah. You, you know what? It, ma- it makes me think about how good. It's almost scary a little bit how good like KNC, like in terms of marketing and just like targeting their demographic. It was like, like KNC just sold all of us on the same bands, you know, like we all, all the bands you pretty much mentioned, we pretty much all went out and like bought those records, you know, and it's like, cause at the time, I mean, they were, KNC was off the air in 95, so it didn't last, you know, long enough, but, but, um, but all pretty much all the bands you mentioned, you know, it was like all the, you know, we all pretty much went out and we didn't, you know, we didn't know you at the time, obviously, but like the tribe, like the metal tribe was like all following the same <laughs> fucking yeah, yeah, exactly. moves and, you know, rally calls and all that shit. So, but it worked. <laughs> I mean, it was great shit. And you know, it was a, it was a great time, man. They were, I think the cool thing was that, you know, metal was finding, a way to kind of have like a sound that sounded like a heavy sound that was good on the radio. Like you could, you know, radio obviously was also like willing to play them. Like, you know, there were state heavier stations that were starting to, you know, play heavier shit, but it was also like, like, you know, it, it found like the, the songwriting kind of got a little more catchy and, and I don't know, it was just, it was a really great time. Yeah. I kind of found a, a good balance of, yeah. But um, but yeah, yeah, it's funny because to think that KNC yeah went off there in '95 because I feel like I don't know metal was kind of resurging at the early '90s, kind of just getting big, and for them to go off the air it seems kind of weird. Looking back yeah. on it, and it felt weird at the time too. But I guess it's it's more or less the the area we're in. <laughs> it 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 is weird to think about because like I think you know the game it was almost like a zero sum game in those days. It was like if you weren't like the biggest thing going, then it, you didn't matter. So it was like, yeah. because obviously it took a backseat to grunge, you know, mm. and, and even like, you know, hip hop was just start like starting to get, you know, very commercial and stuff. But, but obviously grunge was huge. And then later in the nineties, you know, you had like pop punk and ska and all that stuff. But I mean, just cause like, and it was just such a different game. And I think like the record labels had a huge part of, because they were dealing in such big numbers and scale, you know, that was like, uh-huh. if, you, if you weren't selling like, you know, literally like millions of records, like you didn't, it didn't matter, you know? And it was like, and I don't know. And I don't get, I didn't, I don't get the whole radio game. I'm sure it was like obviously advertising and whatnot, but um, it was just weird, man. It was like, you know, I guess I, I don't know what happened, but it was like, yeah, they were, yeah. Metal was taking a backseat to grunge, but it was like, but it was also like the dawn of like a new age and, and era. And it was like, it, it obviously what didn't go away. And then when Ozfest started in 96, that was really like, that was really like a big F you to the industry. You know, I, I went to the first one and it felt like, and you know, Sepultura was played on that one on, on, um, uh, what's it called? Roots. Mm. And you know, that, that just felt like big. That was like, 
you know, because because the f- attention and focus was kind of taken off metal, and and if you know, like obviously, and some of the bands were even playing smaller venues and stuff like that. I remember that. But when when it, the whole scene came together in like one place, which was kind of what Ozfest was, um, it felt like big again. It was like, oh shit, like we're still here, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I totally see that. Yeah, it was cool, man. Uh, actually, your band Neurosis played at that that first Ozfest. Did they? I, I always thought I was at the first one, but I must have been at the second Ozfest because I didn't see uh, Sepultura. But I did see Neurosis. I think they played, or maybe they played them again after that. I don't know. But the first year I went, they, Neurosis played too. So it must have yeah, been I mean, the second or third one. Do you um, remember who else was there? Um, uh, Machine Head was there. I was pretty okay. sure. Yeah. And uh, uh, Pantera? Yeah. Was that the first? I went to two of them, two or three of them. And I, I try to remember Pantera. I saw Pantera for Reinventing the Steel when they played Ozfest. Oh, it's okay, like, yeah, uh, that's that's a lot. I mean, uh, I mean, that's definitely that was later on. It was like, but yeah, it sounds like you went to the second one. Okay. I mean, it, it sounds like because uh, I mean I don't know for sure, but Pantera, although they would have been on uh, the second one was obviously ninety seven and. Uh, so Pantera would have been touring for Great Southern Trendkill. Okay. And Machine Head was on that one. Machine Head was on I mean, or the more things change, right? I think so, man. Yeah, that's how my song play there for they just had played. They opened up with Ten Ton Hammer, I remember. I was like, oh yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. And I think they were on the main stage, is that right? Like early on, like the first yeah, time. Yeah, they're on the main stage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't go to that one. Um, but yeah, so Anyway, but like a lot of bands did do it, like sometimes in some cases, you know, a couple few years in a row, you know, so it, I okay. conceivably neurosis was at both, you know, and, and a yeah. lot of times they would move up, you know, like either on the second stage, they'd have like a higher, like, you know, maybe like a headlining or close to headlining slot or, no, or no. they'd even, or they'd even get moved to the main stage, you know, so it, it was, that was kind of cool for, you know, at the time, you know, for, uh, just seeing like you know you would literally see that a lot you'd see like bands that were played you know i guess slipknot would be another example where they were pretty early on the second stage and then like i think even like during the tour they were selling so many records that they got bumped up like during their first tour and then like and then you know obviously later on they'd be on the main stage and you know but yeah just to see that kind of like all those bands kind of progress and grow up through that you know was pretty cool yeah, it was, yeah, it was, used to be used to be a dope festival. Yeah, for sure. But anyway, uh, all right. So let's see. Yeah, did you have anything else on that on the on the gateway? Oh, uh, I can't forget my. Uh, I love this album too. I don't know if you ever got into Biohazard, but uh, their album "State of the World Address" came out then. I was just that was what I played over and over again. <laughs> yeah, you know what's funny? I sure. never really got into them, but I know I that. I know they were hugely influential. Yeah, not that. Yeah, I, I dug them for quite a while. It, it, it was cool. It was a great album. I mean, if I recommend any any of their albums, that would be it. They kind of had the same thing. They're it's very groovy. You know, obviously, they kind of leaned more towards the, uh, I guess, the beginning of more of the uh, new metal hip hop mix of metal, right? 
Right. But uh, it wasn't, it's still more metal than anything else, you know, but they definitely For had sure. you know, influence in it. And punk rock, like they kind of had like a hardcore, you know, that. Yeah, yeah, hardcore, hardcore. yeah, for sure. Yeah, East Coast hardcore style. But, uh, but yeah, it was cool. It was a dope album. Yeah, I mean, I, I've done, you know, a, a few dives. And actually last week, because I was um, gearing up for the, I did a, a Machine Head episode. And uh, it was actually the more things changed. So I was like, nice. I was like listening. I was going into, um, and yeah, it was cool, man. It was a trip. Cause I know they were a huge, yeah. they were a huge influence on Machine Head. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. And I, my guess was, I wonder, but my guess is they're probably an influence on Sepultura also. Yeah, they've both been around for a while, so. Yeah, so yeah, Sepultura is interesting, man, because they had like a lot of um, punk and hardcore influences too, you know. Uh huh. Um, since we're talking about it real, real quick, um. I read this uh, article where you know they they named off, and I knew that I knew some of these bands were influences for them, but some of their like punk rock um, influences were Discharge, Bad Brains, Dead Kennedys, uh, Black Flag, and Circle Jerks. Oh, nice, yeah, yeah. So they're really really interesting, and then of course bringing in their kind of uh, tribal sort of um, traditional Brazilian sound and things like that, like in this record and then of course with roots and later on like pretty cool like how open they were to um just bringing in different influences and i think this is the really like the first album where you really start to hear that yeah i think there's a little bit i was listening back to some of the other stuff and arise you get a little bit more but uh, yeah this album you know it's, it's full-on you know tribal influence and the beats and everything are are way in there you're right you're right arise you're right. They definitely introduce, um, you know, some of the like kind of tribal influences and even, and then of course, like a little bit of the punk rock, but, um, but yeah, I think in this one, it's it, like right out, right out of the gates, like the first song, it's almost like, it's like a hodgepodge of cool influences. You know what I mean? Like that kind of middle part's got the, the punk rock, you know, yeah, wind up and shit. And then, you know, the, the kind of groovy tribal kind of, you know, shit, like especially, well, the first two songs, especially, but so sick. Anyway, we'll get into that. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> where does this rank among the uh, Sepultura's top albums for you? Ooh, I was thinking about that one. I don't know. That's a hard, that's a hard question. Um, you could range it, you know, like top three, yeah. top five, you know? Yeah. I'd say, um, Top three for sure. Cool. Definitely top three. Um, the top three, I, I don't know. I have trouble saying what's what's number one. They all, they all have a different uh, a different place in my heart for different reasons, but they uh, they're all good. So yeah, I have to put just top three in general. Yeah. Yeah. Um. What's another? Or just can you give me one more album that would be in your top three? Um, yeah, I'll give you some even post Max uh, Nation. I freaking love Nation. Oh, dude, me too, hundred <laughs> percent. That might be my fa- that might be my favorite. Okay, I know we were talking about that a, a little while back because I had re 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 listened to it after a while, and I was like, God damn, that's a freaking great album, man. <laughs> right? It's fucking great, and and for me as being like 
such a production nerd. I think it's an incredible production. I think Steve Evitz produced that. He he um did all the Dillinger records and I'm pretty sure okay. it's them, but anyway, yeah, it's ugh, I love do that album. And just like in terms of like them I mean this this is obviously I mean they they nailed it already this early on in ninety three in terms of them like establishing really like a new sound. Like they were this is a completely unique metal band right i mean on yeah. this album 93 but like it, you know obviously nations much later and in the 2000s some somewhere early 2000s but but man it's just a completely unique uh metal record and it just you know like they really found like carved out their own little niche you know it's so cool yeah yeah especially it's it Derek's second album so but yeah they kind of really found them found a good sound for them at that point yeah yeah definitely yeah <laughs> I know, and I, I even I love Against also, but um, but I think this I think Nation was better for sure. Yeah, Nation just solid song to song. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, nice, nice. All right. Um, did you want to throw your other one in the top, uh, your other top three, or, or move on? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, that's uh, Roots. Obviously, Roots is a freaking great album too. Oh, okay, so, I thought you might go older. Oh, uh, really? No. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, this is my like my wheelhouse. Like, there's this style of metal, and and I just love love the groove and and then the tribal and all the drum beats, and it just it, it lights me up like like not a lot of stuff does. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like at the time Roots was even like more divisive than than Chaos ED. I think there's probably a lot of thrash metal dudes that maybe fell off a little bit with Chaos ED. Uh, I, I feel like Roots was definitely the the stake in in those hearts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no back to, to the previous albums. Yeah, that was uh, the groove was established, and they're moving forward with it. <laughs> yeah, but it also like I, I think they appealed, you know, themselves to a new generation of fans. Yeah, for sure. It was um, me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Talk about how this album was an evolution in the sound for the band. We we talked about that a little bit. Yeah, we definitely did. Um, because I think they were their earlier stuff was much more death metal ish. Because <laughs> like uh, I don't I actually didn't have didn't get into a lot of their earlier stuff because I I tried to but it just wasn't and wasn't really I don't know doesn't really stick out to me as much as from chaos ID moving forward, but I had picked yeah. up uh, schizophrenia after, you know, having all of their older albums. And I was like, Oh, oh you went, you went way back. Yeah. I was like, I need to check out their early stuff and, you know, just because I just love the band overall for, for a long time. And so I picked it up and it's cool, but I mean, it's just not something that like a chaos ID or a bloody roots, you can just play over and over again. I kind of, it's kind of listening limit for me. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, totally. You know, it's like, it's got some cool stuff, but I'll just do it like once through. I'm like, all right, I'm good for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I feel like they, they kind of got into it. I mean, pretty good with beneath the remains and then arise, you know, especially arise, like even beneath the remains. I mean, if you're like a total thrash head, which really I am, but like they were like, I agree with you. Like for me at the time, they were like too heavy. Like their vocals, like kind of gave it like that death metal kind of feeling, you know? And 
mm. or whatever even that just that vocal like when i was at the at that time it was like it just it was a little bit of a turnoff for me even though i was like you know i was heavily into like the big four and and you know of course like testament and some of those other bands but yeah uh, yeah the vocal was a little bit of a turnoff and it, it felt a little more extreme just in terms of like you know you know being faster more of the time and stuff like that but um yeah exactly yeah which was which is rad i mean and, and looking back i can dig that stuff more uh ironically but um but yeah but but i feel like beneath and definitely with a rise they kind of like they they sharpened up you know like they had definitely like developed as a band yeah yeah for sure and then yeah some of that earlier stuff like i said schizophrenia they're just production and some of that stuff's just it's obviously of the times, but it's, it's hard to look for me. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt, for sure. That's rad, though. Um, yeah, because that's going way back, man. That's like that's like if you if you bought the Black album and then and then bought Kill 'Em All as your as the next record. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which would be awesome if if I'm sure some people did that. And dude, it's crazy. There's that. Um, there's a song on. Uh, uh, a rise god i'm trying i'm trying to look for i don't know why i can't space on the name of it but uh uh hang on one second it's got this breakdown and it oh dead 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 embryonic cells oh yeah and i actually remember like listening to that like in when i was really young and it's got this breakdown and i was listening to that recently and it kind of like it almost felt like it made, made me wonder like is this the first like like metalcore breakdown, you know what I mean? Like it's got that <laughs> breakdown towards the end of the song, and it's like, and um, you know, it feels like you know where the pit just kind of stops and everybody kind of swells up and gets ready to fucking just just get in there and go bananas and yeah, <laughs> do spin kicks and fucking you know throwing arms chop. around, there. yeah, karate <laughs> chops and <laughs> you know, just it has that feeling. It's like it dig it it or something something like that like yeah I'm probably botching yeah, that yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway but talk about the influence this album had on like metal as a whole as a genre yeah um yeah i mean just thinking about it as a as a whole you know pushing those pushing more of that groove into it you know you can kind of even say that this does have a big part in leading to that new metal sound that everyone so for sure. Loves. <laughs> but all that stuff was rooted from somewhere, and I think it's albums like these that 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 heavy groove just kept evolving until we get to the the corns and the the Limp Bizkits and stuff. For sure, definitely. And then even like I feel like even it's funny because like the thing is like obviously new metal it is kind of a bad word right it like yeah. like today you know it's like it seems like a fatty era and like <laughs> you know it seems maybe a little sellout to some people and all that but the thing about it is when you think about it the groove that came really from this era you know the sepulturas and even before this you know like even there were things like if you go back to like the 80s even like some of the when metallica and like justice for all and certain songs and you know when that kind of groove element was started forming you know even slayer to that extent um 
it's like that never left you know it like it came and it stayed and like granite new metal kind of um died out and and was not you know cool anymore or the thing anymore but really when you think about it, the groove never left you know the groove's still there and even even today with like you know deathcore and gent and things like that it's like there is like an inherent like living groove in that music you know oh yeah totally and it's it's just it's it's just never gone away it's just maybe evolved in a sense yeah exactly like i would say you know gent is just full-on groove you're supposed to totally (laughs) totally so i think you switched up there but uh but yeah i mean it's it's still there i mean i love it i I couldn't i probably wouldn't be a big fan of music if it wasn't wasn't there I think I based my whole uh, listening experience on a lot of that that groove and those those groovy heavy parts. And because like, yeah, listening back on the Chaos AD, I'm just like, there's stuff there's stuff in that that just makes me want to go write music now and write similar stuff. Like I was I would totally steal that if I could because <laughs> it's so <Yeah>. rare. <laughs> totally. Yeah. One thing. Um, that I I, I kind of like noticed was um, on territory like the solo um, totally reminded me of Mashuga. I was like, oh, like I wonder if you know Mashuga kind of got you know like do you know what I'm talking about? Like yeah, you know, like, it's so like it's I don't know what the word is. It's very like um. What's that word? Like, kind of is dissonant? Is that the right word? Yeah, yeah. Like dissonant sounding, uh, and um, it's crazy. It's it, but I, I don't like, dude. I don't remember anyone like playing a solo like that before this. Do you? I don't know. Yeah, no, not really. I mean, that's yeah. That's what's funny is like I'm sure these this album's been so influential on so many bands, but it's really right? hard like those exact moments, but subconsciously i'm sure they're they're there all over the place that we're not realizing totally oh yeah absolutely the the subconscious but i like i don't know my guess my guess is like because i i guess mashuga i i actually heard i don't know if i've heard their full early records but i've heard songs from them and they were like more of like a threat like kind of a more straight up thrash band and and like you know you could hear like metallica and like you know sepultura influence so i was like it wouldn't surprise me at all that that was yeah. like the thing but it's like it's almost like all their solos in the last you know 10 15 years have had that like really dissonant sounding eerie kind of like yeah they kind of dark, yeah dark dissonant sound yeah yeah and so yeah, I like, there's a lot from this album and i love that i love that those dark you know minor chords and and progressions that are pretty much chock full in this album totally yeah totally dude Anyway, I just I want to point that out. Um, yeah, anything else about like you know just the influence on on metal? I mean, we've we've kind of more or less been talking around that, but yeah, I mean, I can't think of anything specifically besides what we talked about. Yeah, I mean, the, I guess the one thing that's just off off the top of my head, but just you know the the thing that I, I always hear about is that like you know they corn was like really influenced by Sepultura, and and then in turn like sepultura was then influenced by corn you know after oh uh, yeah their first record came out but obviously you know sepultura did like directly like you said kind of influence you know the i would say you know corn's like the king of the new metal bands or the first anyway because 
like you said earlier, you know, their first record came out in 94. And I, f- I really feel like that was definitely a moment. I mean, some people talk about like that Cold Chamber and maybe even Deftones were don't get credit for being um, just as early on, on having really, you know, kind of, I don't know, been the first to kind of have that like different sound, but, but, um, but I always think of it as, as corn being like the one, you know? Yeah. I did. Yeah. I'd take corn for sure. Just even listening back. I remember I can tell you a story from corn, uh, listening on KVC is the first time I heard them. I heard blind. And, uh, so I was wow. listening at, at, at the end of the song, I said something about something about set as in like so I, so for the last for the first hour so as soon as I heard that oh the band's must name must be set but I think he was just abbreviating September something was happening in September and so mm-hmm. I thought the band name was set and so I went around every record store I could find trying to look for the band set and everyone just looked at me like I'm crazy I'm just like why can't I find this band like they're on the radio oh like, my god <laughs> and then eventually I found out that it was corn. I was like, oh, that's why. <laughs> Their that's name's amazing. not corn. <laughs> that's amazing. So I felt like a fool, but I eventually found him and got it. And I was happy. Man, that, that's dedication, man. Like that's dedication. You're you're in the shops. <laughs> yeah, I could not I could not figure out why I could not find their album. It's the craziest thing. And I was like, oh, the band's name's not right. <laughs> that's amazing. All right, so like, let's talk about like three to five favorite tracks, or you can use this as just like kind of getting into some nerdy highlights that you have from Chaos AD. Um, yeah, I talk about top tracks. I mean, obviously, I like I just probably every song on here. I think is a good song. Um, there's none I dislike on Chaos AD. Uh, but favorite tracks, I was like I said, I didn't listen to it for a long time. I'm just re-listening today. And just to kind of refresh and, and get those those giddy moments again. Yeah. And, uh, as I was listening to, that could just these are the songs I totally like. Same thing, just just geeked out on and like loved them. And uh, the first one is Propaganda. Yeah, I love. That song. I just love how it starts out and how it kicks in. Like I could just totally see like this giant pit opening up as soon as it kicks in. Like, oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> that's rad, dude. Imagine having imaginary mosh pits in my head as the song was playing. Totally, dude. But uh, that's a dope song. I think that's uh, super thrashy, you know, uh, but it's got some good, good groove in it. Um, my other favorite one that's just it's always in my head when I think of this album is uh, Manifest. Uh, I just love how it starts out just in the beginning, just like, kind of like this screwy guitar, and you just hear some guy talking. It's like, Friday, October 2nd, 1992. And then it kind of kicks in. It's like, what? What's going on? <laughs> like they're telling you a story, but it's such a dope song. And uh, actually, I got this out before I started playing playing bass. And uh, I was always jumping back and forth with like, what instruments do I want to play? Like, I, I love love drums, you know. I don't want to play guitar. It's too much work. <laughs> so well, <laughs> bass is cool. But like, what what do I really want to what do I really want to play? And one of the big influencers was this song because huh. in like the uh, just at a minute twenty six of the song of Manifest, oh. there's this dope just like driving bass line with like guitar accents behind it, and you're just like, 
And I just thought that was the coolest shit in the world, just like this driving deep bass. And I, I still love it every time I hear it. It just gives me goosebumps. And uh, it's like one of my all-time favorite songs and parts. Here, let's here, let's hear it. You said a minute twenty-six. Yeah, a minute twenty-six. It comes in just like it comes in like right at a minute twenty-six. Yeah, but before that, it's like it's just such a dope part. Here's some. Here's the lead up. Just that that rad drum beat behind it. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah, heavy guitar, screech, screechy guitar part. Totally. <laughs> yeah, man. There's a couple parts on this album. I'm trying to think. There was one closer towards the end of a song. I don't know if it's this song or not, but where there's like another part where the guitar cuts out. Uh-huh. And it's the bass kind of chugging along, and um, I don't know, man. They were just like, oh, maybe this is this it? No, but um, they're yeah. I feel like they were like ahead of their time, you know. Here, I think they're really showing like, I don't know. They, yeah, I hadn't really heard anything like that before, and yeah, just like these, like so these high squeaky guitar parts and like these driving bass riffs by themselves, and just the drums. The drums on the whole album are just incredible. Like the beats that he freaking comes up with and how he accents everything and just it's amazing. Dude, it's uh I mean, we're gonna get into this next, but it it's his drumming is great, but like just the um and I, I guess we have probably probably him and Andy Wallace to thank, but like the sound of the drums like still holds up, man. It's just like Oh yeah. Just an insane drum sound. It is, yeah. It probably, probably one of the things that makes the album. If they didn't have that drum sound and and what he's playing, like, I don't know. Would it be the Would it be the same thing? <laughs> I don't oh think yeah, no, yeah. I I agree a hundred percent. But you know, while while you're you know while we're talking about the bass too, since you brought it up, um, really like the bass too. I think that in fact, when you listen to to me, like the difference sonically between Arise and and this was is like the bottom end, you know, is huge. I mean, like I think everything sounds better on this, you know, but like, but really, like I think Andy Wallace kind of dialed in like a like a nice bottom end, you know. Oh yeah, for sure. And like just yeah. that ba- bass presence, you know. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a the production on the sound definitely kicked them to a, up and up a notch and and a whole new level. That kind of set a, set the tone for a lot of other bands moving forward like we were talking about earlier but yeah, the production just awesome on it yeah man yeah it, it was i think this was like the period like definitely like from probably like 90 90 on where like like just i think um you know um engineers and producers were like really figuring out how to like produce like really heavy stuff you know what i mean and and get yeah kind of the bottom end dialed in and just the dr- the drums you know and um because you know obviously with with metal you got to get the everything to cut through you know because it's i always think of like it being like such a dense sound right so i was like yeah exactly it can sound too thin if you cut too much bass out or it's going to sound too thick and and distorty and not be able yeah. to hear it clearly so you just got to find that right balance and once you do like that's just like it's butter exactly yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> exactly. So, but yeah, it was really cool, man. And there were so many albums that at this time, I think that just kept like really just notching, like bringing like, like the bar, like kind of kept raising, you know what I mean? And like yeah, every year, like, like yeah. yeah, yeah, totally, man. Totally. So. But I, I mean, that's still the case, really. I mean, but but really, I think this area they were, was really like in the laboratory, you know, in terms of production, like probably from like 90 to like 2000, you know, it was like, man, it, there was like, yeah, it was just such a such an interesting time for um, making heavy records. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So. All right. So what else uh, on your? Yeah. Let's hear some more highlights. Uh, so, yeah, the other, my other favorite is this one is like every time i pick up an acoustic guitar like this is the thing i play because i, I love it and because it's easy yeah. but uh the chaos <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah. Uh, acoustic tribal jam thing i love that more i love that so much i've always have every time i plays i just want to jam out on it and so if i'm like at someone's house i just like grab a, there's an acoustic guitar there it's the first thing that comes to mind every time i just can't help it it's like, I just love that whole, that whole, uh, that whole song. Totally, man. Totally. I know it's like, uh, for, for the only like acoustic thing on the album, it's such a rad thing. And, and also it's, and it sounds great. Like the acoustic guitar sounds so cool. Killer on this, you know? It does. It's, it's big. It's, it's grooving still too. It just has such a heavy group to the whole thing that, it's just so heavy it's, it's like the heaviest acoustic song ever in yeah <laughs> totally awesome. man yeah but uh, yeah that one that's, that gets me every time i, I love it <laughs> so cool like they you know i just read that they recorded this in a castle yeah, yeah, we were saying that earlier. It's cool because you hear the birds in there. I'm not sure if those are the actual. They must be real birds just hanging out in the castle or something. It, it was, dude. Yeah. In fact, here, I, um, real quick, I I pulled up a uh, an article about that, and uh, I don't know if I can get to it quick enough because I gotta find it. Shit. But it was saying, um, yeah, basically, like the I guess you know it was opened up. There were the windows or whatever wherever they were. They, uh, there were either no windows or or they were opened up and so you could like it was just picking up yeah like the the birds it, like that were outside yeah it's crazy it's just like it's so it just fits so well it's just so it's awesome yeah so cool i, lo I love those little those little uh you know inside little bits you know uh -huh. that's rad yeah okay what what else what else you got highlights uh, those are my top three man I like I said, I, I really love every song on this album, from freaking Refuse Resist to to We Who Are Not As Others, you know, the the uh, weird instrumental slash few, very few lyric songs towards the end. <laughs> like, every song on this album is just awesome. But uh, it's funny, too. It's always, it always seems like Refuse Resist was one that always hit with the... Uh, the bands. I remember we used to play that live a couple times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then when I was telling you about when I saw Sacred Reich, uh, I saw the band. I don't know if you, we talked about this before, but a local band who never, they're, they're kind of big, they're on KDC, but 
Demolition Pit. Oh yeah, yeah. My buddy um, was the guitar tech for them. Okay, yeah. I, they played at that same show with Sacred Reich, and they uh, I think they they ended with Refuse Resist, and so like totally just sold me on the band. I was like, oh, I love this band because <laughs> I was yeah. in this whole tour, you know. And they finished it. Refuse Resist. I was like, wow, that was all. That was like the coolest coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, man, that's crazy. So that always brings back an awesome memory. But but yeah, that song is fun to play live, and people love that song. But um, but yeah, I don't know. Just like you said, there's no there's no downs on this album for me. Like every song is just an, an upper. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. You went, you went, you went pretty deep cut with those uh, those hits. I like it, man. Yeah, typically, it's, I feel like that's how most albums are for me. Like I don't. Like the radio or the whatever songs they put out as singles aren't typically the ones I gravitate towards. You know, it's kind of some of the other stuff. Yeah, but uh, yeah, those those tracks are just yeah, whenever they come on, just they're awesome. I never, I never be, I never skip them. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, man, I I was thinking, I think I always remember it like this i'm not sure if this is actually what happened but <laughs> i remember getting a, a like maybe probably a tape um sampler at like the huntington beach pier and it had like it had re- either war for territory or or i mean territory or uh refused to rev- i think it was territory actually on the sampler uh-huh. like some some guy was just like handing him out like you know yeah and the I think that's team. how, huh? Said somebody's street team. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And uh, I think that's how I actually heard. I mean, I you know I had known who Sepultura was, and probably heard you know um, Arise through my friend, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> my friend who had the tape. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but this was the first time I think I heard uh, this album, KCD, and so. Uh, but yeah, anyway, those, those two to me, like definitely are, you know, even though obviously like I love the whole album and uh, really the first four are, are insane, but, but like the first two, even though those are like the hits and the ones people remember, just, they're just, you know, they're all time, man. Just, just so great. Yeah. They're awesome songs. And there's obviously a reason people gravitate towards those songs. Yeah. But a couple of things I just I when I was listening to I just a couple of notes I took um I wanted to point out that for fun was um I noticed like the chorus in Refuse Resist is like like pretty doomy like I almost thought wow like if you just if you just extrapolate like the riff the guitar riff it's like it could be like a straight up like doom like like a like a band like Sleep or something like that you know what I mean Yeah that's funny I was thinking the same thing I was listening to some of that stuff like it's very even beginnings of like some like sludge metal type of riffs, you know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And then, um, and then kind of in a similar vein, um, first, uh, slave new world, the, uh, I gotta find that cause it's, there's a lot of riffs, but it's, it's not that the, the first riff is like, is like the, to me, it kind of sounds like Metallica, you know, the, but, um, it's the one it's the one actually after that whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that oh yeah, I, I gotta find it because I wanna make sure I 
I got <laughs> Yeah. So that do do do. I was like, yeah. I was like, that's Black Sabbath, dude. And and I was like, Snowblind. And then it is. It's like the first. It's the um. I had a Snowblind go uh, do do do. You know, I don't know if you know yeah. that song, <laughs> but it's totally like it's totally like it's it's phrased differently, and it's like and it totally like the the context of the part is a hundred percent different. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's like those 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 notes. I was like, man, what is that? <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so let's see what else I got. Also, just you know, I don't, I don't have a lot, but just um, <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> this is actually kind of funny. So I never realized we ripped off Biotech on the song "Bleed from Me." Uh, that's that's funny. I was gonna say something to you about that. <laughs> yeah, I was as I was listening to it, I was like, dude, this is totally "Bleed from Me." It's gonna freaking die. It. <laughs> it's hilarious. The to get it. To, or, wait, no, it's the um, shit. Now I gotta go to the song. What's the riff, Mark? Yeah, exactly. So that that was funny. And then, um, see, we all just borrow riffs from each other, man. It's you know, it's a happy. It's a, but yeah, I was laughing too because that because that that uh, I believe for me that that middle riff is totally like a could be a subtle chaos ID riff too. But like i can see that on kcd <laughs> oh totally yeah 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 and I, I never ever thought you know when um there have been riffs like you know like obviously when you're writing you'll be like oh that kind of reminds me of what's it called and you yeah. obviously it's like after the fact that you realize it's not, it's not like you're you're sitting there going like oh i want to yeah, yeah like i want to take this or copy this or do something like this yeah and i have thought that we've had riffs where it sounded like sepultura but i never thought that about um that song you know yeah, yeah, the, the punk rock song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right. So, so funny, but yeah. Um, and then the last thing I had was just that, um, I, you know, we, we were talking about Igor earlier, and I just like, like his, like there's drum parts he has that are like, it's like singable drum parts, you know? It's like they're memorable yeah. drum, drum parts. And that's something <laughs> that, like on, uh, is it that song? Um, yeah, I think it is where it's like that part where, Yeah, right here. This I don't know if this is like a chorus or pre-chorus, but right here. Yeah. And then you know, of course, like you know, they're they're all over the first two tracks, and it's just like very memorable. Like I don't know, are you the same way? Like yeah, I know, totally. Like the like I said, that the acoustic tribal song, like chaos. Like that one, like the drum beat on that song is so rad that he does. Like I'm just sitting here and finger drumming along to it. Yeah, it's everything's like so like I don't know, like you said, you said it's very like like it's a vocal or something. Like it's very catchy and very like harmonious. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's very much a part of the song as opposed to being in the background. I don't know. Dude, totally. You're not gonna just like kind of gloss over that, you know. And I I mean, granted, I'm a drummer, so a little biased, you know. Yeah, no, I, I totally, I totally agree. Like, 
Yeah, I don't know. I can't explain it, but yeah, I totally see what you're saying. Yeah. Anyway, um, so any other highlights for you? Um, nothing I can think of specifically. I don't know. I I can tell you song by song we listen to them. I can't. I can't think of anything just right offhand besides what we yeah. talked about. Right on. But basically, every, every song has a highlight for me at some point. <laughs> for sure, man. I don't know. I don't know, man. And, and granted, like you know, this is like it's an evolution. We've talked about that, and I, and I'm biased, of course. Like I I tend to notice that the albums I love were like the ones that like you know I heard first from a band. You know. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, and obviously, and obviously later albums, but like I tend to like think of the band sound uh, related to you know that yeah, time. That time, yeah. Yeah. But I but I do feel like, um, like this is kind of when they came into their own. You know what I mean? It, yeah, I agree. But anyway, um, okay, so let's talk about the production. What What are your thoughts on that production? Yeah, I mean that's all part of I think the the package is that production was really rad on this album. And again, like I said, kind of looking back on some of the other albums, that's kind of things that can really turn me off to the band is production that I don't know doesn't meet doesn't meet my standards. <laughs> right. You know, bad, bad production, even if the music is good, can make good music sound bad. Obviously, you know, so it's like some of that stuff like I'm just like, ugh it sounds too thin or you know, which a lot of, I think well I think a lot of those older albums did sound thinner and didn't have that that bottom end, which obviously as a bass player I, I love. Um Right. Then I'm kind of less inclined to, to like it. Totally. On that note, what what was the first well you kind of mentioned this one being was there another like album around the time where you where you realized like, oh, the bass sounds really good on this record? I mean obviously uh, this record, this one, but <laughs> another one I, I really loved is is Helmet Meantime. I always loved the bass oh. on that album. Dude, totally. Uh, it's it's funny because I was just listening. I was actually when I was listening to Sepultura yesterday, uh, this album. I was like, I go, man. You know what? It kind of rem- there's part of it, and even like with the drum tone a little bit, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Meantime. So I threw on Meantime. That's funny, man. Yeah, right. Yeah, because that's yeah, yeah. Meantime is the reason I started playing Mesa Boogie because I I thought that's what he played. Looking at that one, it's like I think he plays Mesa Boogie. I like, I love that sound. Like, that's I'm going to start playing. <laughs> yeah, that was the bass on that album. Yeah, it's it's pretty big, man. It's really really big. On me, yeah, time. yeah. So it's had you know just this characteristic that I just was drawn towards. Yeah, that's a heavy dude. That's a heavy sounding. That's another album where, again, all part of that like whole kind of evolution dialectic of like sort of the metal sound and i know some people might even not consider helmet a metal band but jesus that's a heavy fucking record man yeah yeah and, that and was it, yeah another one that still holds up when you just listen to it and, and even just from if you don't love like the band or whatever uh, from a production standpoint it was like just another one that was like kind of like establishing like a new bar and a new a new way to to hear uh a heavy band sound on a record you know yeah yeah that thing sounds mean dude 
mean. That's another one I got to go back to. I haven't revisited for a while. And, and the funny thing is, man, like, like, cause you know, when, during that time, you know, the thing, like when you, you know, we, we, we were a lot younger, obviously, and, and our ears were not as developed. So I would, I, I kind of tended to think like, you know, when I'd hear a really good sounding metal record or heavy record, it was like, I would tend to think that things were overly produced, you know, to get that sound. But uh-huh. Really, really looking back, like, like taking say this album and the helmet record, the drums are actually like very natural sounding, you know, it's just like very uh-huh. big and the way they, they obviously, um, worked, obviously, did the work to like you know i'm sure i don't i don't know what they did but you know i mean but man it's like they're very the drums are very real sounding and you can like hear the room and the sound and things and so um i don't know man it was just like that that's the thing that i i actually marvel at more now is like how great records you know did sound but they also sounded very natural yeah yeah i agree it's a trip but like you said earlier that finding that balance you know trying to find a you know where you want you want the bottom end but you still need all of the high frequencies to cut through mm-hmm. yeah the, it's, the universal struggles what we still go through today <laughs> i know right right yeah it's wild and 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 the other thing i i will i will mention like if there's any like i don't know younger kids or or people that like are just more heavily into like newer bands, you know, or newer, you know, albums, you know, I would definitely say like, you kind of have to wait a second. Like when you first listen to like, say, say you're listening to like something that came out this year and then you go and put on chaos CD at first, when you first put it on, you're like, you're like, Oh shit. It sounds like, you know, you might be like, Oh, it sounds like shit or something, but, <laughs> but just, you need to like let your ears adjust. Cause there is like, for one thing, albums are produced much louder now. And, yeah. and and I mean, I would say overall much also better, you know, like I think we've learned a lot in 25 years or whatever. And, and, and the bands that do it really well, do it really, really well, you know, like they, we've learned a lot and we've gotten better at, um, uh, recording and producing, you know, metal records and, and heavy records. Yeah. But, technology's got better. Exactly. Everything. Exactly. But like, but, but, but give your, give your ears like a, like a song or, or even less, it doesn't even take that long to just adjust. And then once you kind of get in the groove of like what you're listening to and your ears will adjust, then, then make your judgment because like, that's, that's the key. Cause it's hard to compare just like if you're a being, you know, like just like point blank, you know, everything newer is going to sound better, you know, but it's just, you, you, you gotta kind of give it that, that a uh, few seconds or whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's just like uh, new cars and old cars, you know. New cars are are going to be fancier and better, but there's nothing like the sweet sound of an old car either. <laughs> mm, yeah. Also a lot of bottom end. Highlights. What's that? I said the, the older stuff has its own its own highlights in a slightly different way, but they're all it's still good. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I... I wrote down i because i kind of wanted to point out was just um like i love his ride the ride symbol sound oh yeah 
And uh, yeah, but but that's a, a drummer thing. That's all. That's all you. <laughs> yeah, that's not something that jumps out to you at all, no. No, I mean it. Just it. Just I. I wouldn't pick it out individually. Like I said, I think the drums just sound great overall. But I'm just. I, I wouldn't have picked it out by itself and said that stands out above everything else. You know. Yeah. Just I feel like I listen to it all the time either. You know, it's not something I'm like examining, or you're probably doing a closer examination on that. Yeah, of course, of course. But it, but like it's the type of thing where even if you're not a drummer, I feel like it could stand out because it kind of jumps out in the mix. Like it's kind of like you're like, what? Is oh, for sure. Yeah, they definitely pushing on. Yeah, it's it's clear, it's loud, pushing a lot of songs where he's, he's using it as in, intro to stuff. Yeah, no, I agree. I guess like when I think about it, yeah, it definitely stands out. But I, I don't think. I think I just realized that it sounds good, but I wouldn't say I would realize that it's because of the ride sounds better. <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah, no, exactly. I just, you know, yeah. I mean, this is definitely a nerdy drum take for sure. <laughs> but, but I, you know, it is something that I, I would imagine that even if you're not exactly even sure what it is, like probably some listeners would notice it, but not maybe like, you know, more, maybe more subconsciously, you know, but yeah, yeah. Like you know, there's something, but you don't know per se, maybe say what that yeah. tribute to and that's the thing i i kind of love with with them overall and they they use some i don't even honestly i don't i meant to d- dig a little deeper i just didn't have the time but um i love with the, how they started to really inter uh, um in, in integrate some like different uh instruments too like some of the more like traditional um uh, yeah just traditional Drums and sounds and exactly percussions and whatnot. Yeah, percussion area. And uh, you know, like like you get in well, in a few different songs, but in uh I think it's oh territory where he's hitting that that high, you know, he's like doing the it's the uh here, let me get just go to it, the intro part. And he goes dick dick. It's the higher one. Wait here, I'm sorry, I went too far. Ah, here we go. Right here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then, um, but there's some other songs on there that, uh, actually, yeah. And I don't, I don't, I don't know exactly what they're, I mean, obviously it's, uh, I mean, they're drums, but they're like, I think you would probably more traditionally see them like on a, maybe like on a Latin percussionist setup. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so he kind of incorporated that kind of stuff and, and then, yeah. And then, and then the spread from going to like, well, like in that case, it's a higher frequency, but having the more bottom end presence type things we've mentioned. And then even with the drums and then obviously with roots they get into like they, they these giant you know bigger kind of drum like uh like i always forget what they're called um but anyway the really huge drums and then but that that whole frequency range from like that to then these really kind of nuanced high pitch sounds too like i was talking about the with the ride and some of the other things and some of the other percussions i just love that like attention to detail and uh and they they obviously brought that that whole 
element with them throughout their career um from this this point on those little fine the finer like um details just like kind of um placed you know placed correctly yeah. in the in the yeah. right um the soundscape of what do you call that the panning you know uh-huh. placement and just man it just all that shit just it's just beautiful and it, it's part of the the kind of artistry of of production and and just and then just them being like attuned to like you know the different different sounds yeah yeah they have that that spectrum of sounds and and the small details that they actually have them cut through clearly and be heard when they're supposed to be heard and actually add add to the uh, music instead of you know just being something that's there that you can't hear yeah it's all crucial and very important and they did a great job of of doing that yeah all right i'll uh we'll get out of the production corner here (laughs) (laughs) for all the nerds um (laughs) all right so mark if you're if you're in sepultura in 1993 what what are you thinking in terms of like one or two songs from this album that are going to be in the set list every night for the rest of your career (laughs) um as a member i'm thinking obviously this is even just from experience of you know like i said other bands playing it and even us playing it. i think the number one is definitely refuse resist okay it's just uh that song starts out and you know exactly what's about to be played and it's got the energy that that uh, just pumps up the crowd and gets that mosh pit going immediately. It's 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 awesome song. Totally. Like just that the first beginning it's so cool, just that machine gun sounding snare. The, it's just yes. so cool they made it sound like that and then just it's just you just know that song that when it when it when it's getting played, you know, it's it's one of those things that's so ingrained in, in the metal listener now that once it starts out, you know what's happening. <laughs> I, I love that intro, man, and and like part of that too is like I feel like that's more of like a like a Latin style, you know, like the the second part of it, you know, yeah, or it well it changes like the the first when it starts the song, it's like one phrase, and then when they go to it at the on the outro of the song, it's like a slightly different. And they're just so they're both like such killer phrasing and um but it's it's very latin to me you know or maybe more probably like more like latin afro oh yeah yeah well there was that influence sorry to get i'm going deep on on nerd here but obviously with in history with the movement of slaves to latin parts of the world you know in the obviously in latin america and in the caribbean there was like this sort of hybrid of music, you know, that came out yeah, of it. African drum influences of the Latin drum influences. Exactly. And so they, you know, they call it Afro Latin, you know, and um Yeah, I feel like that's what that's what I'm hearing there, you know. It's got yeah. that, like kind of tribal, you know, Afro Latin feel to it. It's super sick. Yeah, and then plus it just goes in this super killer like it's still a groovy, fast, heavy riff. Like it's like all things in one. Guitars and bass that just such a cool groovy riff where it doesn't lose anything once it kicks in. Exactly. 
Now I just feel like we have to hear it really quick. <laughs> And then like the N one, I think it's digga digga dip, you know, it's like a uh, yeah. completely different over. like phrase, yeah, yeah. But so, Matt, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, that's a that's a that's a definitely a, a key a key live song for me if I was in the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, after that, I'd probably have to go a little more deep cut just for my own my own satisfaction. Do and because uh, it's still a, deep, a dope song, though, um, is uh, the propaganda. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. How it starts out and it just kicks in, and uh, I just feel like that's like just a super pump up moment when that song kicks in. Yeah, I actually, um, I just read that they were thinking of calling the album propaganda. Oh, at really? First, at first, yeah. Huh. Yeah, I just love that the high squealing guitar intro. And you're like, oh, it's, it's going to happen. It's coming here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so there. See, now that, that like that, I I actually was wondering. See, that's actually kind of what I'm talking about. But yeah, that's the part I'm not, about the ride. Yeah, but like, I, I'm like even wondering. Like with that, I can't even totally tell because his ride kind of sounds like that. But I don't even know if that's a ride or if that's something else. All right. Because huh. it's like, yeah, I don't. You hear like late, later or different parts. There's definitely like a ride symbol, and he has he has a unique like it's like a very high pitched sound to it, and it's di- I don't know if it's just like a a thicker symbol or whatnot. I'm not sure what it is, but um. So does he have one of those, can't you get just like the bell of the ride to play? Yeah, okay. you know what? Yeah, a lot of people, yeah, I think they call them Z bells. I've never owned one. Okay. But um but like uh a lot of metal guys do have those, so it could be that too. Yeah. So yeah, it does. It does, because you can get different um sizes and things and, and really like kind of experiment with that with just that sound because like on a ride that's obviously like the middle part of the ride you know yeah <laughs> sorry right. that guitar review just kind of sounds like an, an alarm to me like some yeah. kind of like air, like air raid alarm or something like that, siren. Like totally, it's about to, it's about to go down. <laughs> yeah, and the funny thing with that one is they actually kind of go into something unexpected, uh, unexpected. You know? Yeah. Like, like a, uh, because they're if you're following that rhythm, it it it's sort of like I don't know if it shifts tempos or, but it definitely like has a the feel of the the heavy riff that comes in is like a different, you know what I mean? It has like a different feel than the intro. Yeah, yeah, true. 
But yeah, that's sick though. I I do. Yeah, I love that. That's a great intro. Anyway, yeah. Sorry. Complete your thought on, on propaganda as the uh, in the set. The uh, no, it's just a dope song. Man, just got a lot of cool parts to it. Like I said, that beginning part, and then it's got another one of those cool bass parts. The bass is just kind of running from a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's just got some some cool parts, some cool heavy riffs in it that just live would just you know get people pumped. That's what it's about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Re- so refuse, resist, and propaganda are the propaganda. Are yeah, the two. Okay, cool. All right. Um. Yeah. Um. The one thing, the one. I guess there was a couple areas where we differed in our kind of metal upbringing or whatever, but was um. Like I didn't really get into Machine Head until um, the more things changed. Like I kind of missed. I don't even know how, but I completely missed Burn My Eyes. Like I, I don't. I mean, it was probably on my radar, but like, but I, I for some reason I don't even know if it, it was even on the radar. It was kind of like, how did yeah. how did you how did you know about Machine? Because I don't think KNEC was playing Machine Head. No, I came onto it because. <laughs> The very first band I was in with these guys from Torrance uh, in eighth grade. And um, what were they called? Uh, no, they're just some guys that we had met, like through, I forget how we met them. I think the recycler or something, too. But some young kids, when we were in eighth grade, we met some other eighth graders to start a band with in Tor- Torrance. Oh, okay. And so one night we spent the, me and my friend Tom, who used to play drums, uh, started the band with these guys. And so we spent the night at the, guitarist house one one night because uh, we were going to go to uh or because we went to that show with sacred reich yeah and so we got home really late so we just spent the night at his house and uh he's like oh you guys ever heard this band I'm like no what is it? he's like it's machine head and so he showed us the album i, I had no idea either he just happened to he's, he's deep in the in metal and uh he showed us and was like oh shit this is awesome <laughs> yeah okay wow there you go yeah, so I, I, I technically it passed me by too, but someone else caught it and, and made me listen. <laughs> yeah, the, I guess they were um, the like official meaning of the word uh, underground, you know, like because yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know how he heard about it, but somehow he had the album and he showed us, and yeah, I was digging it. Yeah, I'm curious too. Um, this is a little bit of an aside, but you were. Yeah, you were into Fear Factory, right? Yeah, still am. Um, how did you find out about them? Because they were another one I feel like similar to Machine Head, where they were like they were around, you know, but you you kind of uh-huh. know know what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a funny story too. Is um, so actually we talked about this before, but Megadeth was supposed to play a show with Corn and Fear Factory at the Long- Cal State Long Beach. Yeah. So we had tickets for that. I did like my, too. It was my first ever metal show, basically, I was going to be going to. Yeah. And so before the bands played, I was like, I was like, who are the bands playing? Oh, Fear Factory, you know, Corn, Megadeth. I was like, oh, I should probably check out Fear Factory to see what they're like so I know their songs, you know? So I, I, just, I just randomly bought their album because I wanted to see what they were like before I went and saw them live. Yeah. So, but of course, the show ended up getting canceled, which sucked. <laughs> so. so you know what happened? Uh, dude, I had tickets for that show too, and um, yeah, we were really young too, and it was like, 
uh, it was at Long Beach at, at the um, yeah, the, Long Beach, at the pyramid, yeah. yeah. And so they canceled it, and I th- or not, they didn't cancel. It, they actually they moved it because I think it had to do with the um, acoustics. Like I think uh, I think I, I that's what, that's what I remember hearing anyway that the acoustics were bad or something. So they moved the show, and it was like I I want to say it was like they moved it to like the Santa Monica Civic or something like that. And uh, and then like we yeah we just couldn't get a ride you know to go. Uh, it was like they moved it and. We're like, oh, yeah, it's, in, we, it's in LA, can't can't go now. <laughs> like, it's like yeah. it's we like didn't even know far. they moved it. And then the rumor that we heard was that the the community complained about having a metal show there. Oh, and people that were going to show up, so the community complained, and so they canceled it. That was what we heard. So we were all oh. pissed off. Everyone around I'm, the city, <laughs> like, what the yeah, fuck, I'm, man? I'm sure. Yeah, I know. I'm sure that's more accurate. And you lived like down the street from there, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what we heard. I don't remember how I heard it, but that was the the rumor that I had heard. I'm sure that's more accurate. Yeah, but but <laughs> that's crazy. But yeah, it was like what a show! It was like, uh, yeah, Megadeth headlining, and then I think Corn was direct support, and then Fear Factory, and then actually Flotsam and Jetsam was going to be the opener. Oh, really? And yeah, and I'm a big fan. Another thrash metal band. I'm a big fan of. So yeah. But, um, yeah, that was going to be a great show that, that didn't happen. That was a bummer. Yeah, right. so And we didn't, like, yeah, we had no way to drive there. So that was the whole thing was, like, I think when it was close, like, our parents were probably going to take us. Uh, but, then, but then once it was, like, I, everyone lost interest once. I mean, not us, but the people driving. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, we got to take you someplace far. Screw that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, anyway, that's funny, man. Yeah, so uh, good story yeah that's crazy okay um what what can up and coming bands or young bands or both whatever learn from sepultura everything (laughs) yeah Um, i don't know uh what can they learn um write good songs make them groovy (laughs) <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's, that's a hard question. I don't, production, you know, like you said, being able to hear everything, every nuance that they're doing and, and taking the time to, to make those nuances work and, and inserting them into the song, you know, that gives it something different and something cool for people to listen to. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was done. Sorry. No, just, um, yeah. I mean, I think, uh, for one thing, you know, being from like the thrash metal kind of world or whatever, and just having the, the kind of gall to balls to kind of step out a little bit and just, you know, Hey, and even notice, like they, I, I was just reading that when they started to tour, um, like I think on a rise, even maybe a rise was the first time, or or maybe, um, Release um yeah, no, I think it was a rise actually. Um, I read that I think that was like the first time they left, you know, Latin America, and so uh-huh. they, like maybe the first time they played in the U.S. So that, no, that that can't be right. Maybe it was beneath the room, anyway. 
and then they played in UK and and having like playing outside of their country and stuff like really kind of opened their eyes like kind of socially and politically and uh -huh. and, and it kind of like th they said this was the first album where they had a lot of those kind of social political topics you know as as lyrics and and even the whole you know the whole kind of background to the album you know um having the like i said earlier having the balls to kind of add that groove element and like some of their more traditional elements but also like their love for like punk rock and hardcore and really just bringing all of that in and then um and then just like man like those guys are just like just road dogs like they were just like just kept at it you know i think they you know when you look at like their first album i think was like 1985 i think yeah i think yeah somewhere in 45 yeah 86 86 and then schizophrenia 87 beneath the remains 89 arise 91 and here we are chaos cd 93 and then obviously they're still together in in 2020 i mean just like yeah still grinding <laughs> just grinding man just like sticking like i don't know man it's like it's amazing like you know there's so many different roads in in music that can be taken right and some people hit massive heights which sepultura obviously never did you know this this might have been it in terms of like sales you know like i said they went gold in the u.s which is huge you know half a million yeah. records um I, I don't know i'm sure roots probably did just as well too but um but yet they've like just stuck with it and kept at it and and developed their sound and evolved and just been on the grind and i don't know i think that's that's to me like it's almost like learning from example you know like that's pretty pretty amazing yeah no i agree your your insight's much better than mine <laughs> it's uh they definitely uh, weren't afraid to evolve and, and try some new stuff out of their box and they're even doing that you know to more recent albums like when they did uh alex was more of a concept album you know based on uh what's it shoot um a clockwork orange you know they're still trying oh to really yeah so and that was a cool album i enjoyed that one so um yeah they're continually innovating and trying new things so definitely 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 a good insight yeah keep evolving and you never know what it'll lead to lead you to yeah it's crazy i they just seem like like music lovers you know what i mean like and i guess you know i don't know but at the end of the day i think when you they I don't know. They're just there. I think they were going to do it no matter what, even if there was like, um, no label or whatever the case, you know, I think the, like these do, and obviously like they've had a major, major band member changes, which I'm sure was pretty tough, especially it's, it's strange now that both of the Cavaleras are not in the band currently, you know? Yeah. Um, but they've, you know, they've forged ahead and, and I think they should, you know, it's good for the brand and for for the fans really because the fans even though I, you could argue that you know the cavalera brothers were like kind of like i don't want to say the main guys but like you know but they um without them but it's like they're they're still a great band and um and they people want to hear those songs you know yeah they're still putting out good music and innovating and yeah yeah for sure Anyway, <laughs> right on. 
Well, let's see, man. Anything else you want to um, throw into the, the ether for about uh, Chaos AD? Um, no, just a great album, man. Just like a lot of other albums. Go back and listen to old music. There's a lot of good stuff out there <laughs> that you haven't either forgot about or you need to revisit again. But uh, Chaos AD for me was definitely something that heavily influenced my what I listen to and and uh, it's still just a great album going back to it and I still still enjoy it like crazy after reminding myself how good it is. <laughs> so good, man. So good, yeah. Hats off to Andy Wallace, man, for really just kind of yeah elevating yeah. the metal sound, man. I mean, obviously to Sepultura too, but, but yeah, yeah having a good yeah. He did it right. This album and many other albums or other bands says Callum was crazy. So, yep. Good, good job to everyone involved. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, tell tell everyone where, um, like your handle or you know some places, websites that they can find you. Yeah, I could be I could be found on the interwebs. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm probably most active on uh, Instagram, and my handle is. Uh, Cerebellion Mark at Cerebellion Mark, whatever they do. And yeah. then uh, obviously you can keep up on all the new Cerebellion stuff through there or through our website, uh, Cerebellion1.com, which Joseph Arnold is a part of as well. So you yes. can pull up on both of us there. <laughs> yes, yes. But uh, yeah, it was fun, man. Thanks for uh, having me on the show. Right on, Mark, man. Thanks a lot, bro. Yeah, we'll have to do another one. For sure. Yeah, I got t- tons of stuff. You have to you have to polish up on your uh, biohazard. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. That would that would be good. I I know they they de- they deserve it. They deserve to be <laughs> discussed on the Metal Nerd podcast for sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, right on, man. It was fun. All right, Mark. Cool, brother. All right. Take care, man. All right. See you around.